Welcome to the Gap Church Podcast, where we're filling the gap through freedom and the truth. Please enjoy this week's message. But really good to be here this morning with you. And uh, this, I, I want to follow up on this, your topic on giving. Very interesting uh, um, theme that you are following on giving. Giving is actually a very, very, uh, um, Toby spoke last week that uh, the gospel is about giving. The gospel is about giving. Because that's what the old gospel is all about. And giving is one of those fundamental, foundational roots that makes us to be us because of what God did for us. And you can imagine that uh, before we ever give at all, God gave to us. And that's the most beautiful thing. Because in his own fullness, he gave to us first. He actually demonstrates what giving looks like before he asks us to give. The good thing about God is that he will not ask you to do what he has not demonstrated in doing first. So, the founding text really is John 3, 16. I love it, that text. No, there's no any other text. That is the real text about giving. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Pay attention. The motive for the giving actually is love. For he so loved that he gave. You know, I've always said this. It's possible to give you without loving you. But it's impossible to love you without giving to you. You can give anything to anybody without loving them. But it's impossible to love someone without giving to them. I love my kids and my wife, so when I go back to England today, I'm going to go and do shopping. They don't need to ask me because I love them. I've got to buy something for them because it's out of that love. And that's what God did. For God so loved us. If I wear it off, that's my child. That's my. After that, bye-bye. Next year again. You don't come near your father, right? But that's the way. So they gave anything you want, they will give it to you. But you, they do not give themselves. But they give you what they want. But can you imagine the way God is? God said, for God so love that he gave himself before he gave his son for that. The question for us this morning is, to what extent are we ready to give ourselves everything that we have and everything we have to God? You see, why you give is important more than what you give. Why you give is even important to how you give. The motive is the key. Why am I giving to you? Why am I giving to God? Is it because it is a religious rhetoric? If you don't give, the heaven will fall. If you don't give, uh, you know, if you don't give your tithe, then everything will be tight for you. You know, all that. So, is, is it fear? Is it intimidation? Is it cajole? Is it manipulation? So, why you give is more important than how and what you give. Because the motive for giving itself is love. Nobody needs to cajole or motivate. I love God. So, everything I have belongs to him. So the why becomes the foundation of what I give to God, not what I give to him. Unless love is the beginning and the end of your giving. It might be easy to receive an early praise for what you give, but everyone might be silenced for what you give. Unless it's motivated by love. This morning, I just want to give you two pointers. Number one is, you must give who you are before what you have. Let me pay attention to that again. You must give who you are. 
See, there's a difference between who you are and what you have. Who you are is important to God, but because if God can get you who you are, it's easy to get what you have. Who you are is very key. And Apostle Paul knew that when he wrote to the church in Romans, in Rome, in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I like the way NLT says, and so their brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give, to give, pay attention, your bodies to God because all he has done for you. He was pleading. See, you all don't understand what was happening in Rome in those days. You have a bunch of Christian believers in Rome in those days. They love church. They love going to do what they do. But they live a, like a dodgy life. You know what I'm saying? One leg in, one leg out. But they give money. They do what they need to do. So Apostle Paul understood that. So Apostle Paul has to undergird in terms of what they live. He said, hang on, hang on, guys. Hang on, guys. Let, let's get this in straight. He said to them, I am begging you. In one verse, I am begging you, brothers and sisters. I am pleading. I am actually begging you. Please give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. He said, let them be a holy sacrifice, the kind that will be acceptable because this is the true worship of God. Now, look at Message Bible. Message Bible says, I like the way he put it. He said, so here is what I want you to do. God helping you. He said, take your every day your ordinary life, your sleeping, your eating, your going to work, your walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Why is this very important? The scripture is telling us that uh, the most important thing, my brother and my sister, is you give your life first before you give what you have. Because if God can get you, can get you, he has access to everything you have. If he can't get you, it's a function of, it's, it's, it's a routine. You know, is there somebody, you give today, you don't remember to give tomorrow. You offer yourself today, you remember tomorrow. Because the whole being has not been totally given and dedicated to God. It's about giving ourselves to righteousness as compared to sin. Because that was what Apostle Paul was saying to them. He said, everything you do, and he began to talk about overcoming temptations by giving yourself unto God on simple things. Like even simple eating. Eating. He said, how you eat. Can you imagine? Do you know it's possible that you can abuse your body by eating? Right? If you've ever been to Nigeria, when they bring all those food, they call it orishirishi. You have cow leg, cow tail. Cholesterol is flowing. And every sort of things you sit down there and be eating the thing, you'll be getting comfortable. Apostle Paul say, Listen, you are not even because listen, when you are not well, you can't pray. When you are not well, you can't praise God. When you are not well, you can't walk. When you are not well, you can't do. Have you ever fallen sick before? And they say, Pray, say which pray? I just want to get well. No matter how money you have, you are not well, you can't spend the money. So, Apostle Paul was quite very clear that, eh, but when you give your body, your body, your physical body, your spiritual body, you give it like on a daily basis on what God wants it to be. So rather than eating too much, what he was actually saying that uh, try fasting because it helps. 
Because when you fast, not only is it good spiritually, it's good health-wise. Do you, if you fast 30 days, anybody start fast 30 days before? Anybody? You don't have you guys, uh, what kind of, how you fast 30 days, man? Come on. <laughs> okay, try, try three days. Try three days. Anybody try three days before? Yeah, three days. Three days with food or without food? <laughs> the first time I fasted seven days without food. I've done more than that. But the first time I tried seven days before food, by the third days, I was seeing men like trees. I'm like, damn, man, how do people do this thing? I'm not even sure whether I'm speaking spirit or I'm speaking the spirit of food. But then, because your body is breaking itself away, all the fat and everything. So by the fourth day, by the fifth day, by the sixth day, by the seventh day, you don't even want food anymore. It's like you are floating in another, uh, in, in another sphere. Honestly, I'm telling you the truth. It's like you are floating in another sphere. Before you pray, it's like somebody, some, God eats your hair with words. Think, things, are just, things are just clear. Try it. Don't try it for religious purpose. Try it because you love God. It's amazing. So Apostle Paul was saying it to that. He said, instead of gossip, he said, giving out of love is to give commendation. You know, it's very easy when you are your folks. See that guy. See that lady. But he's saying that instead of that, you give yourself into commending people. And he said, even in your sleep, you know, some people can sleep themselves to death. But try praying instead of sleeping. Instead of so your social media, try studying the word. Instead of giving attention, wanting attention. He said, but give attention to God in worship. And all this must be fuel. Why am I doing it? I'm doing it because I love God. So it is a combination of our life first. How do I offer myself, give myself first, not what I have? Because if I can give myself, the rest is history. The rest is history. The rest is history. And it's come out of routine and discipline. Can I also I, I, I encourage you guys, one of the things that I do that has helped me, I wish I'd done it earlier when I was younger. I have a prayer. Anybody has a prayer partner here? Prayer partner? Can I encourage you that you all have a prayer partner? Right? What do I mean by a prayer partner? Somebody that you pray with regularly. You understand? Try it. It, it helps your prayer life. And be disciplined about it. Right? I have a prayer partner. We pray together from 6 to 7, at times 7.30, at times times goes till 8. But since I've started doing that, I, I realize how we change my prayer life. You know, because it's a discipline, discipline, and commitment to each other. 6 o'clock, I have to wake up. No matter where I am in, in the world, I have to wake up to the time. You've got to pray. And then there, there's something I begin to then learn about this prayer, which is what Apostle Paul was saying, giving yourself. You know, at times when you want to pray, you go with your prayer request. Is that so? But I begin to learn from this prayer that uh, you don't go with a prayer request. Let God give you the request. It's a different kind of prayer. So we go without agenda because you give yourself to God. And as you are beginning to worship God, doing all of that, God will bring a word. God will bring word. It's called prophetic praying. Because God begins to prophetically tell you some things that is out of your sin. That is you are entering a place where you have given yourself to God. And then God says, I can use it. I can use it. I can use it. The Bible says, the eyes of the Lord search to and fro, looking for those whose heart is perfect towards him so that they can make himself strong on their behalf. That's what God is looking for. 
I know none of us is too young to be this. I'm always amazed about Jesus. When people think Jesus is just one old man. You know, he was just a 30-year-old man that led the ministry for three years. Then also, around your age group. And you know, all Jesus' disciples are all teenagers. Apostle John was 16 when Jesus began to start his ministry. The oldest out of Jesus' disciples was Peter. And he was the only one that was married. Now, if Jesus was here today, Jesus would be the youth pastor. Jesus was actually a youth pastor. Have you ever thought about it? He was a 30-year-old youth pastor with a bunch of young people around him. Apostle John was 16, some was 20, some was 22. The only Peter was married that could pay the temple tax and himself. All, all, all the rest of them, they were just ordinary guys. So if Jesus was here today, it wouldn't be in that, it wouldn't be in the senior church, he'll be here hanging out with you. Come on, give Jesus a round of applause. <laughs> the number two is you must give not only who you are, but then give what you have. But an act of giving what you are is a function of four things: obedience, worship, faith, and sacrifice. Abraham actually typifies that for me very strongly. He's an example of someone who gave what is precious to him as sacrifice, in obedience, as worship, and in faith. A case of giving your very best unto God without holding back. In awful times, it could be your job. It could be what you own as the most important thing. And God might call for it that can you kindly give me that one as a sacrifice. God will say, can you give that to me? It could be your money, it could be your family, it could even be yourself. So check this out, Genesis 22. Begin to read verse, verse 2 to read. God spoke to Abraham. Take now, take now your, only, your son, your only son, Isaac. Now it's not only your son, your only son. Whom you love. God is saying, take whatever you have that is the only thing you have. Whom you actually love very well. And go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. And yes, is Abraham. He didn't even think twice, doubt it. Why? Because he has already given himself to God. It was easy to give what he has now to God. And the Bible says, Abraham rose early in the morning. Are you having a laugh? I should go and use my son as a sacrifice. And he rose up early in the morning and saddled his donkey. And took two of his young men with him, and Isaac and his son, and he split the wood and the burnt offering, and arose and went to the place which God had told him. God just told him that I want you to use your only son that you have. Give your son to me. If I kill your son as a burnt offering, he didn't argue, and he rose the next morning. What made him to? What, what kind of a man is that? What, what inspired him? Who else could have done that? I don't think I could do that. I'm reminded of the day that um, I've been called to ministry and I was trying to figure out how to sort the rest of my life. And I was thinking of God, what next do you want me to do? Many years ago, I've just left my work at Max and Spencer's then as the commercial manager. So praying, fasting, God, what do you want me to do? So I paid off all my bills. So I had about maybe 5,000 pounds left in the bank. It was a long time. 5,000 pounds then was a lot of money. A lot of money. You could pay a, a deposit for your house with that money. That's all I had left. 
So I'm saying, God, if you don't answer me, that's your problem. At least I can pay my mortgage. I can pay my bill. I can feed my family while I still fast and pray. And on this Wednesday morning, Wednesday morning, I will never forget, I was having my shower. And I heard the Lord said, why don't you go to church tonight and drop the 5,000 pounds? I jumped out of the bath. I said, devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. He ain't gonna happen. You know, that was the last that I have in my pocket. That's the last. Now, I, I wasn't like Abraham. I could have said, I'm like Abraham. I just said, God, you said it, amen. No, no, no. I didn't say no, oh, amen. So in fact, I fought him. I literally fought God. In fact, I was talking to him as if he was. I said, you took my job. You want to take my money? It's not going to happen. Forget it. You know, no, it is not going. Read my lips. It is not going to happen. But God loved us. He knew what you wouldn't do. But he knows how to trick you in doing what you don't want to do. That you need to do it so that he can bless you. I remember going to church that evening. Those are the days where we used to write checks. I put the checkbook in my pocket in case the spirit came to my house and stole my check and decided to give it to God. True story. I put the checkbook in my pocket and I went to church and I sat. I was still going through my head. You know, the Bible says, once have I spoken. No, you hear twice but echo. You're just hearing echo because God's only speak once. And I sat down there like my brother there. I didn't hear nothing the guest speaker was saying. I was, every time I'm touching, it's there. Nothing is taking it. He said, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> he said, God only said, give what you have. And I remember a preacher preaching. He just walked down and touched my shoulder. And I said, it's like God is asking you to do something. And you are not doing it. And God really, you know, I, I did, I, all I knew was that uh, he was speaking to me. Not God again. God was using somebody else to speak to me. And he said to me, I think you might need to do it quickly and do it fast. Because God... I said, I wish I didn't come to church. <laughs> I should have stayed at home. And then the Holy Spirit reminded me, it's in your pocket. Bring it out. <laughs> Set up. And I brought the checkbook out. I was writing the very last I have in my bank account. I remember 5,000 pounds. They said giving joy. No, I was giving crying. <laughs> it wasn't joyful giving. It was not a joyful giving. The tears was rolling as I was writing. It was, I said, hurry up, write it in, boy. <laughs> so I wrote, I wrote the check. The church accountant was sitting by my side. I said, here's my offering. He said, it's not offering time. I said, if I hear, <laughs> if I hear, it's not offering time. Do you think I'm giving it joy? The man said, what is the problem? Why are you fighting me? I said, I want to fight anybody. Because I am giving my... And then the check left. And the Spirit of God said to me, it's out of your hand, but not out of your life. Because it's out of your hand. I've never given... 1,000 says, I've never given before. And it's only you give 5,000 the rest of your... And these are the kind of things God is asking. It's called, will you obey if he asks you? What's he asking you to give? All that you have, all that you possess, all that is of you, he said, give it. And you're not sure where the next one or what next is going to come again. I walked out of that place not knowing what's going to happen to me next because it's gone. I can't go back and say, give me back my money. 
some of the acts of giving is obedience. Because God is speaking to us all the time. Do this, do that, give this, give that. But will you obey? Abraham obeyed. That was why he was recorded of him. And every time you obey God, because he will always speak to you, you will see the difference. Abraham giving also was worship. Giving is worship. Your giving, of, your giving as a worship might be too complex for others to understand. The Bible says, and Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey, the lad, and I will go yonder and worship and will come back. There comes a place when you tell people, what I want to give, and how I want to give is too complex. You can't come with me. You can't be there. You can't see it. Because it might mess them up. Giving is worship. The woman with the alabaster hall. All that she gave. Giving is worship. Giving yourself. Giving your life. Giving what you possess. Giving what is important to you. Giving is also sacrifice. For the Bible said, then they came to the place of which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in the order. And he bound Isaac and his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Because... Giving is, is, is one of the biggest sacrifices that you can give, you can have. See, it is not a sacrifice it doesn't cost you. Are you hearing me? If it doesn't cost you, it's not a sacrifice. It has to cost you. Another story of my life. I was the commercial manager for M&S in London in those days. I was in my early, late 30s, mid-30s, and the brother rock. I was those times I was also doing modeling. I was tight. Boy, man. Can you see? Yo. You know, the bling was bad. I have a parking slot at Oxford Street. You know, I was a commercial manager of a big store. Life was good. Man, when I take off my jacket, you see accessories, combo. When I come to church, they say, praise the Lord, I lift my hand, you go, 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 go the blood I start. You know, <laughs> you, know you, 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 just, you just do what you got to do, you know. God, God was good. Brand new mark I was driving and things like that, you know. Life was very good. And I remember one day, I was driving towards work, and I heard the Lord clearly spoke in my ears. Leave the work, leave the job. That was my call to the ministry. <laughs> I said, <laughs> <laughs> this can't be God. <laughs> it's, the, it's the people from my village. <laughs> it cannot be God. <laughs> Leave the job. What job? This job gave me all this paraphernalia. Sacrifice is given. I want to call you into mission, into being a missionary. It was tough. How do you leave that kind of a job? Did I say I obey immediately? Absolutely not. I was fighting it. Leave what job? This job is cool. I don't even know where I'm going again. Leave this job. It's giving. Give yourself at the expense. It's sacrifice giving. I was messed up. The day I eventually told them at work that I want to leave, the question they asked me, where are you going? I don't know. Why are you living? I don't know. Who asked you to leave? I don't know. 
And I really didn't know. I can't tell them it's God. They will say, which God? So they ask, where are you going? I say, I don't know. They said, this guy. They, for about a month, they, they have all these, psych, what do you call them? Psycho, whatever, you know, occupational health. So they will sit me down. They say, probably something. I said, I wish I could tell you something is wrong with me so that I can help me. But God, <laughs> I just know that this is a different level of sacrifice. Good job. How do you get home and tell your wife, God said I should leave? They said, God, God will pay the mortgage. But, you know, whatever you give to God, it returns it back to you in a fold that you can never comprehend. I'm telling you my journey. I'm telling you my story. I'm telling you the path that I've walked. And I left. It wasn't easy. I left to become a missionary. Down 30% in salary. It's like you're handing 100,000, you're not handing less than 30,000. Working with the people that I don't even like, they don't smell like me, all the bling is gone, all the, you know, you're, you're not like a, before when they invite me to come and preach. I drive my nice mark in front so that the usher and the protocol see the brothers arrive. This time I have some, uh, whatever, some cars, some, so I park far. So when I show up at the place, they say, Pastor, where's your car? Ah, I said, I like fresh air. That's what I said, I should walk around. I love fresh air. <laughs> you know? <laughs> then when the service is over, they say, service car, Pastor, can we see you off to your car? I said, don't worry, don't see me off. I just like taking fresh car again. Because I, 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 was, I was thinking that uh, they, they would say, life has taken a bad turn on the brother. You don't, you don't even know what it means when you give to God. I'm used to nice hotel in those days of blinging. The first conference I went with all these guys, the missionary, I said, where's the hotel? They said, which hotel? They said, we are camping. I said, I'm a black man. I don't camp. <laughs> black man camp. Lion will, go, lion will come and eat me. <laughs> what do I camp for? They said, you camp, man. He said, did you bring your tent? I said, tent. Has it gone to that? That I'm not living in a tent? All these are sacrifice. Because God will test your sacrifice. Whether you can give what is precious to you. And the thing about God, when he asks you to move, is that a location and allocation, they move together. Hmm. Let me explain that to you. If this is your location, God's allocation is there. When God moves, your allocation moves. But when you remain, your allocation is dry. So every time God moves, he prepares an allocation for where you are going. So if he moves and you don't move, you are operating in dryness. And the grace is gone. And then you will struggle. Where he asks you to go might not be where you want to, but I assure you, if he's there with you, he will take you through it. For many people, it could be through maybe the job you are doing, maybe school, maybe some initiative, maybe some businesses, maybe some experiences. You need to pay attention. God, what are you saying? What do you want me to give? What do you want me to leave? And then you've got to follow him where he wants you to go. And giving, lastly, is about faith. You must have faith to give. It takes faith to give. You can't give in unbelief. It takes faith to believe God that what God says is going to do, God is going to do it. And then you give to what he says. Friends, 
any man and any woman that will be prosperous. Prosperous spiritually. Prosperous in your life generally. You must be a man. I've never seen a giver that his life is not prosperous. The interesting thing about giving is this. Where you sow is often not where you are going to reap. But what you sow, you will reap. You can sow in America, but your fruits is global. You might not reap. You know, you might be serving in this church and you are giving, you are giving, you are giving, and you are not getting actual any result from it. But I promise you, whatever you give, the reward of what you give, it's there. Don't, don't let's make this thing. What about what giving is like sowing? And you are going to reap what you sow. But it's not only giving money. Ah, it's not only giving money. See, my time is up. But I must, I cannot but tell you this. My own personal story of serving in church, you know. The first pastor that I served, I started like an usher, like as an usher. And I became an head usher. And then I became the director of ministry and assistant to the pastor. As I'm closing down this story, might help some of you to serve. It's so interesting that in those days, you have almost about 400 or 450 workers that I, I lead in the church. And my kids were small. You know why? When the kids go to bed at night and they wake up and they find themselves in the church, they don't know how they got to church. Because in the morning, I will bet them give feeding bottle or whatever, put them in the car, strap them up. They just know we went to bed and we woke up in church. How they got to church, they don't know. We have four services. Time in time, I was giving give like I was mad. Just serving crazily. The pastor likes, to drink, likes, the, likes the spell of coffee but doesn't drink coffee. But I have to brew fresh coffee. I don't know that was where the anointing comes from. You know, he just likes the smell of coffee. And he doesn't even know what he's going to wear. He just, just come to church in jeans and t-shirt. But I have to get his clothes ready. Policy you. Don't forget, I was the assistant pastor. And when the service finishes, four services. He lives in Northampton, about 80 miles away from where the church is. The evening service, which finishes at 8.30. I will follow him to his house. Take the stuff out of the car. Put his leg out and put everything out. And then there used to be a filling station near there that I would sleep for two hours before getting to my house every single Sunday. I get to my house around 3 or 4 o'clock from 6 that I left on Sunday morning. I was given a service. But for the people that are also lead, for most of you who are leaders, they're sacrificing that. The police in our area knows me. Why? Because at 12 o'clock midnight, I used to wear this jacket that has the sign on at the back and I go out to pray for almost 3 hours. Because it's not only, if you lead people, you have to pray for them. I remember going into empty park, just sit down there, pray. Every single Saturday morning to Sunday, just praying for God. Because, see, the outcome of what you see in public is the work that has been done in private. But years after, I could see the result all over the place, the result all over the place, because whatever you sow, you are going to reap. I challenge you, my brothers and my sisters, let love motivate you and give yourself first 
to God. And then let what is in you become what you now give back unto God. Bow your head with me. I wanted to speak to God this morning or this afternoon. And I want to particularly pray for anyone here who has not given himself or herself to God. For the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave. He's already given, but he wants you to give yourself to him. Or maybe you have given yourself to him, but you have brought yourself out of his hand and wondered about. But he's asking you today, will you please come back? His arms are open. The courtroom is wide open. He said, come, today. I want to embrace you afresh. It's not much about what you want to give, but I want you to give yourself. Maybe you've wandered off. We've all done it. But there comes a time when we come back to the place of worship, when everything is all about him and him alone. And so, Father, this afternoon, I pray for my brothers and my sisters. For everyone that is here, that has wandered away out of the hands of God. Father, that the prodigal son will come back to you. Receive us afresh. Anoint us anew. Rekindle us with your power of your Holy Spirit. We are asking that you turn and you tune and you change us first to yourself. So that out of that which you have given to us may be offered to you as a sacrifice. And Father, we bless and we thank you today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Somebody give God a round of applause. Hallelujah. Are you blessed? Are you blessed? Amen. I've been asked to take tithe and offering today. That's another interesting giving narrative. Tithe and offering. I'm sure you're going to be taught about that. But the whole issue of tithe itself is out of love. Do you understand that? Because the first place that tithe was mentioned in the Bible, in the book of Genesis, it was about Abraham, the same Abraham. He met a man called Melchizedek. The first place that tithe will be mentioned. And Melchizedek met him, watch love, what God in action. Who is Melchizedek? He's like God. He met him. Abraham has gone to war and he came back. And he met him. Abraham never asked for anything. But Melchizedek did what? He gave him bread. He gave him wine, and the Bible says he then blessed him. It's a representation of the New Testament of what Jesus did. He gave us his body, he gave us his blood, and he blessed us. And then guess what Abraham did? To Abraham, mind if I'm, if I'm casually doing this, I said, there is no way you can do this for me out of love that I will not give you back the tenth of what I have. So the motive of Abraham that gave tithe first in the Bible was love. And once you understand it's about love, then it's beyond what you have. Because it is what he did first out of it. I cannot be selfish to receive his body, his blood, and his blessings. And I will just hold on. Abraham said, ah, no way. Gave his strength back. Because that was, the, that was why it was repeated back in the book of Hebrews. Because every other tithe in the Bible is a form of Jacob. What's Jacob's tithe? 
Jacob told, he said, he told the Lord, if I go and I come back, you get it tight. But if I don't come back, you're on your own. <laughs> Moses was as a law so that people can give to the house of the Lord, which is fantastic. But I want to take you higher. Understand that the original precipice for tithing is out of love. Do you love God for what he has done? Then you cannot hold back. You have to give to him. Thank you for tuning in to the Gap Church Podcast. We hope this message blessed you. If you made that choice to give your life to Christ, congratulations, we celebrate you. Don't forget to text SAVED to 817-382-2244. Again, text SAVED to 817-382-2244. Thank you so much and have a blessed week.